You are listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another podcast with Amoda Ma. My name is Kavi, if you don't know already, and I am delighted once again to be back with my beloved, looking into all things to do with her uh, teaching and a, and, a, and a kind of investigation and exploration, a, a kind of unwrapping sometimes of what goes on underneath the hood or behind the, the, uh, the, the spiritual teacher. And, uh, and yeah. So hello, Amoda. Hello, Kavi. Today, hold on, let me start the thing. Today we're going to explore aloneness. Now, Amoda, I know this is, is has been asked of you uh, quite a few times. You've spoken about it. You've uh, actually written about it in, in a, I know, one or both of your books, but it actually is a subject that comes up on a time and time again. It comes up in relationship to you, asking you what 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 is meant by aloneness, and also for the inquiry that people have, yeah. Because a lot of people that we seem to encounter through the the, the teaching experience what what they call loneliness, and want to find or explore maybe a deeper a deeper meaning, a deeper relationship to it of. Am I stuck with my aloneness kind of kind of thing? So we've kind of tentatively called this aloneness as a doorway to beingness. And I am going to ask you at some point about your own personal journey, your own personal experience of aloneness into awakening, if that's correct. Um, but that's the that's the kind of exploration. Obviously, knowing our conversations, they go to a few they have tentacles in all sorts of different areas and uh we're not we're not going to shy away from those but let's let's start with aloneness you, you you said a moment ago are we stuck with our aloneness <laughs> and uh, i, I well i did that. say that because because that is this, that's the question isn't it yes and it's uh, an interesting phrase because in that sense, we are stuck with our aloneness. So let's begin there. <laughs> we are stuck with our aloneness, but we are not necessarily stuck with our loneliness. So, <clears throat> yes, many people complain of loneliness, <clears throat> living alone or usually that's what it is living alone <laughs> um perhaps not having family or children or a relationship or a work situation that brings them into proximity with other people or maybe it does and still there's a feeling of loneliness so there's a difference between loneliness and aloneness loneliness is a thought about me and my life I'm abandoned. I'll never find anyone to love me. I'm unloved. I need somebody. I need someone to care for me. I need someone to care for. I need to feel connected. I, feel I need connection. It's a story, a narrative about me and my life. If only I could connect 
with another or with more people, then I wouldn't feel this thing called loneliness. I wouldn't feel alone. And so on. So that's very different to the fact of aloneness. The fact of aloneness is that we are born alone and die alone and essentially experience our lives alone because nobody else can do it on our behalf. It's a singular experience. Whatever we're experiencing, only the I can experience that. And so that's the fact of aloneness, which most people or many people shy away from because it butts up against loneliness, which has a poor me in it. But aloneness does not necessarily have a poor me in it. So we need to kind of disentangle loneliness from aloneness. Yeah, that's almost like the first stage to accept the fact of our aloneness is the beginning of a deeper spiritual inquiry that uh, opens a doorway that we can, we're obviously going to talk about, um, but I don't want to rush ahead too much. Um, uh, you know, I, I, you know, relating it to my own life as we often do, it gives people a little bit of, uh, you know, a texture and a background to our discussions. I used to be lonely. Yeah. I used to need a relationship. I was frightened of being alone. I was frightened of feeling alone and feeling that I was all alone in a big wide world that I didn't understand or know how to navigate. I felt unloved. I felt like I needed somebody to love me in order to not feel this aloneness, yeah, this loneliness. And really that stems from a core belief in separation, yeah, that I am a separate me all alone in a big wide universe, if you like, <laughs> yeah. And somehow that juxtaposition of the small me and the big wide universe creates a sense of separation, yeah? And so, again, this is a doorway to examining who or what we are beyond the separate, the idea of a separate me. So in some ways that sounds like a contradiction. On the one hand, I'm saying there's the fact of aloneness, which is singular. Our experience is singular. Nobody can have it on our behalf. We can't share our experience even when we speak about our experience and when we speak from our hearts and when we speak from our truth, we can't actually share our experience, the direct naked fact of our experience. We can only share an interpretation of it through our words, yeah, through our language. Um, so there is a fact of aloneness, but that again, that's not the same as a belief in a separate me. <clears throat> yeah. That is somehow, standing outside of life standing outside of existence so what i hear you talking about are two different levels of meeting or having an experience one is on the almost on the level of self and actually, when you were just speaking about uh, loneliness, I, I, I kind of felt into what, what it is, you know, what it, what it conjures up, because it's a, it's a nebulous term, loneliness. What, is, what on earth does it mean? But it has a kind of despair in it. It has a deep well in it, is, is, is actually what I hear. Yeah, the... the the story of one's life has led to this moment and it's lonely and I'm never going to get out of it. And there's a despair in that. And then what I hear you kind of talking about or pointing to with aloneness is something very, very different from that. It has transcended the story. I don't like to use that word. I don't use it glibly, 
but it's actually there's a there's a different relationship than just the story. And then what I hear is that actually the experience of loneliness, of loneliness and despair, is ipso facto with enough guidance or or wisdom or something or willingness, the doorway to the realization of aloneness. Yes, well, the door actually the doorway to the realization of all oneness. Yeah, aloneness is the doorway. Yeah, it's like they're on a continuum. You have loneliness at one extreme, you have aloneness in the center, and you have all oneness at the other end, at the other extreme of the continuum. And, you know, aloneness brings you, which is, which is meeting the fact of aloneness, the fact of singularity of experience, singularity of perception, yeah, this direct experience is the doorway, yeah? It's gone beyond the loneliness, which has despair and poor me and the need for connection, the need to be fulfilled or uh, somehow that pain, if you like, of existential aloneness being covered up through contact with others. Yeah. It's gone beyond that. Yeah. So this, yes, the narratives, the story that arise from the me self are transmuted, if you like, or even transcended, we could say. And then the, the very fact of aloneness, the singularity of this direct experience that can only be experienced through this yeah, through this individuation at this time, but without the stories that attach itself to, uh, that attach themselves to it, yeah, that's the doorway. And then that doorway, and we can talk about how that's met, yeah, then takes us into the realization of all oneness. And we can talk about what that means as well. I think we should. I think we should, yeah. yes. So, <clears throat> Wow. well so there's a great journey if you like from the 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 uh, experience or the interpretation of loneliness as we call it a human story to uh, there's a a lot of stories in there not all of them are you know it's not to dis uh, dismiss them because they're stories you know they're, they're they're very valid on the human level because we've been living lives that have have been encouraged in that way have been they are that aren't they and then to move from that to the direct experience is a big journey it, it, it is the path of true spiritual inquiry It can be a long or a short journey. How do we make it so short? <laughs> How do we make it shorter? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that's a question that people want because it seems to be interminable for, for many people, to not just loneliness, but actually, you know, moving beyond or transcending or transmuting this visceral human experience. It's tenacious. Uh, uh, it's a tenacious experience. Yes, and the the willingness for radical truth, for radical clear seeing, can cut through that. Yeah. If we really want to see the truth, if we really want to uh, know reality beyond the clinging self that clings to its stories. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. That's what's tenacious. But if you really have the willingness for that, if you really yearn for freedom, true freedom, at all costs, and you give your life to that, then it becomes more available. And when you say at all costs, does it mean at all, at all costs, you know, at all mental constructs? Are you pointing at those really? I am, yes, at, at all costs on a psychological, mental, even emotional level, yeah. The, the the tenacious hold of me and my story, me and my problems, me and my woundedness, me and my traumas, me and my uh, being hard done by, 
me and my whatever it might be, me and my unworthiness, and so on and so on, is is a tenacious grip of the victim identity. Mm. Yes, it is. And I found both in myself, certainly, and in speaking with, with many other people that it's almost always some some variation some uh, some expression if you like or manifestation of the of the victim identity that is the main pin that holds the whole uh, scaffolding of an idea of a separate me uh, a psychological construct of of a me self that is separate that is the root of suffering that's what holds it together and it's held on to we don't we don't want to let go of the victim even when we don't think we're a victim but there's always a poor me in it life's not living up to my expectations or there isn't enough love or i'm not loved enough or i'm not good enough or i'm not perfect enough or i'm not ready enough or i'm not willing enough or i'm not yeah it's it's always some variation of that and the, the undoing of that, first of all, is the self-exposure, which is the beginning of self-inquiry. And, and then some kind of fire within, not a fire that comes from any effort or, or, or kind of, you know, violent action or, you know, but, but a fire, the fire of truth, the fire, the fire for it all to be the the willingness for it all to come tumbling down. And there is a cost. I mean, there isn't ultimately, (laughs) but there seems to be a cost and the cost is the whole psychological structure of self, which is a kind of death, but it's the most beautiful death. It's the, it's, it's the liberation that we seek. And actually, it is available. I, I, I will. I, I, I don't like to support the idea that this is difficult. Neither, neither is it like just something that you know is given to you just like that. There must be some inner uh, trajectory or momentum that brings you to that, and that does require inner tenaciousness, ten- tenaciousness, and inner vigilance, and inner surrender. And of course, these are all in some ways, qualities that seem quite difficult in contrast to the way that we've been trained and conditioned and taught to believe about ourselves and the world. But I can tell you that it is totally available. So is the, is the uh, I just want to follow up about the victim self that, 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 that keeps on going despite almost uh, one's um, desire, let's say, to let go of it, yeah. Still, the victim self, the one with the the one that holds on, the one that hangs on. Why do we hang on so much? Well, it hangs on until you're willing to to for it to die. It hangs on because it gives us a sense of self, and that sense of self is the sense of being a separate me. So and we're at, back to at the, the same most, thing, yeah, yeah, at the most. Um, let's say delicate level, yeah. On, on on the more gross level, the victim self is the one that believes that I've that I am wounded. The bad things have happened to me, or maybe bad things have happened. That's a fact. But that I am wounded and I can't be healed. I'm not whole. Yeah, I'm unworthy. I'm unlovable. I'm ugly. I'm imperfect. Yeah, this is if you like on a gross surface level. Mm. Yeah, and on a more a nuanced or delicate, refined level, the victim identity is really just a sense that I am here, I am me, and there's a world out there, there's a life out there that happens to me. Sometimes it happens to me in a bad way, and sometimes it happens to me in a good way. But I am here, and I am in some way separate. I can either be strong and I'll do some techniques and some methods and some practices and some whatever psychological and even spiritual teachings, understandings, um, and practices to make myself strong so that I can deal with the life that happens to me and get what I want in order to feel strong, (laughs) stronger, or I am very small and powerless and life keeps on doing bad things to me or things that are uncomfortable, things that are hurt, that hurt. Both of these strengthen the core identity of a victim, whether you feel strong in the face of the, of life or whether you feel weak in the face of life, you're still a victim of life. 
And what I'm talking about is a fundamental bursting of that bubble, (laughs) a realization that life is not happening to you. You are life. You are life. Life is lifing itself as you, through you. I I really can't say it in any other way. I only know this as a direct experience. At the end of the thought of I. No, it's the, well, no, it's the end of the thought of life happening to me. Okay, standing outside life, which is what you said earlier. Yes. Because there is something inherent in the human condition that suggests that through conditioning or or through assumption that somehow we are standing outside of life. There, yes. there is a part part of that that is a, has a kind of truth because there's a witness. You know, there is a witness going on. So I want to I want to include that, but fundamentally we we believe we seem to believe that life is happening to us well even the witness is standing outside of life i'm talking about an end to that whereas where where there is a direct visceral experience and deep knowing that doesn't ever fade away that life is always taking place inside awareness. It's not an awareness looking at life. Life is taking place in awareness. It can't take place outside of awareness. That cannot be known. I can only know that life takes place inside awareness. And if I and awareness are one, and of course awareness has the capacity to see, perceive, experience, but there's no separation. There's no separation. Yeah. There isn't a separate entity called awareness looking at life and experiencing life from that separation. It's all happening as one, in the one, in the now, we can say. And nowness cannot be separated into yeah, me here and that there. <laughs> that there is happening inside this here. So <laughs> 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 <Hey>, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, psychedelic in some ways. Yeah, well, because psychedelics, hold on, psychedelics undo the me. Yeah. So that's why it feels kind of so weird at times. You know, it can do yeah, it because does, the yes. me dissolves and then life is just experienced. It's just pure experience. And if there's no scrambling for the me, then it becomes blissful, ecstatic. No scrambling for the me, did you say? Yeah. It's in the scrambling for the me in the psychedelic experience that creates the bad trip. Oh, I actually must say that's exactly what's happened to me with when I was a youngster and I was filled with trauma and filled with agitation and filled with yeah trouble. And I'd take a lot of psychedelics and I always had the same... I always had the same experience and it just repeated like some terrible version of Groundhog Day where I'd be invited almost into into this open space that was non-definable and non-locatable. And I know that at a certain point I'd feel a certain fear and I'd scramble for the me. And it wasn't actually, it was the scrambling for the me that caused the stress. That's right. And that's where both the uh, opportunity, I mean, I know we're talking about psychedelics, but it is relevant. The opportunity in the psychedelic experience for uh, uh, either hell or, you know, the hell of scrambling for the me 
uh, or, or the or the heaven, if you like, or you know, of of freedom. There's an actually freedom from me, and then life is just pouring through you. It is you. It's inseparable. The the, the possibility of that, and actually a moment of enlightenment, is is very strong. Yes. Although that's you know, it's a little bit like a. Uh, you know, the eye of a needle to, yeah, and it's not permanent enlightenment, but certainly it's a glimpse. But yeah. you can, you know, you can translate that into life, yeah, without yes, the psychedelics. It's just a slow down process. Psychedelics condense it, speed it up, and give you a very powerful doorway. Well, that doorway's always available in life. Yes. It's the same thing. We can scramble for the me, or we can not scramble for the me. Yes. And then the separation between me and life comes to an end. And, and, you know, if, if you're lucky, if you, if you like, or if there's an ongoing journey of this, then never again are the two separate. You know, I, I can tell you that, you know, I may experience some challenges in my life, as you know, Kavi, <laughs> not always, but occasionally challenges come. Uh, maybe some complexities or some, uh, you know, always to do with with something to do in in the world. But yeah, banking. I can <laughs> banking. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> yes, something, some worldly matters can often be, be quite challenging and 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 turbulent and so on and so on. Um, but never anymore. And I've checked in with myself. Can I say that I feel a victim? I might feel uh, pressured. <laughs> I feel sometimes even burdened uh, through time and energy and, mm. and things like that. Uh, but I don't feel a victim of it. Mm. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. And so that's fundamentally different to having a victim identity that feels like a poor me. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's a kind of mechanism inside that starts mm -hmm. to identify itself with that. Yes. And, yes. So there is freedom from that. And when there's I freedom know. from that, that yeah. So, so I, I want to actually ask you about that because uh, there are two different experiences uh, happening here, yours and mine, because I know that yours, you, 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 this, mm, the end of the scrambling self happened fast for you. It happened in the, 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 the awakening experience that you have talked about, and I'm going to invite you to talk about. And then there was my experience, which actually, through the grace, actually, of being with you and being diligently, endlessly dragged sometimes, invited other times, demanded other times onto this endless path, let's call it, that actually, at first, there was a scrambling in my experience uh, to the self. I know this very well, yeah, because the times, all the life that you and I have had, there was, you remember how I've been, until something happened. And it did happen. And it was like, wow, there's no scrambling for the self anymore. A kind of, and it was a natural cessation. It wasn't a forced cessation. There was nothing actually that I did apart from keeping on going to see how endless the mechanism of the self that scrambles or the scrambling of the self to reforge itself or to yeah, re-identify or to own it or to become a victim again, it is how tenacious that is. You only really get to see that when it's not happening. Yes, correct. <laughs> yes. So it's it's, you know. It's uh, that, and it, and that is beautiful, I must admit, because I too, like everybody else, was uh, tortured on a certain level in the suffering of the self that scrambles and scrambles and scrambles, and believes that that's what it has to do. Yes, and uh, and there is a there is a great freedom in in that going to bed. Yes, like. and the greatest one of the greatest scrambling is in the experience of aloneness mm. <laughs> yeah it's like the final frontier yes i mean why let's consider this why is meditation and especially silence you know like zen meditation or zazen or uh, sitting in silent retreat or being in solitude why is that a core yes. uh, invitation if you like of almost all spiritual traditions. Mm. 
going to the cave, being in darkness, going into the desert, uh, uh, sitting in Zazen, <laughs> going yeah. to an ashram, yeah, whatever silent, it takes, yeah, yeah. because it's not, it's not the meditation itself. It's the, it's the solitude. It's the silence. It's in that everything is exposed. Again, mm. it's a little bit like a psychedelic experience, slow down. Um, although probably if you sat in silence alone for 30 days and in the dark, it would become a very psychedelic experience. Mm. Everything that's in your unconscious, you know, all the unconscious mechanisms, the grasping, the scrambling, uh, the story making, uh, yeah, which has paranoia in it, has poor me in it, and so on and so on and so on, all of that gets exposed. Mm very uh if you like vociferously yeah, mm. it comes it comes to the surface very quickly and the danger in that or the uh, the what happens in that is that we start to believe it and then we want to get away from the solitude there's something wrong with it we want to leave the ashram we want to leave the the cave or so on and so on yeah? i came here for bliss and i've got horror yeah so that's the time to to be still now we don't have to go into deep solitude in that way sometimes that's part of your life's journey. And if it brings you that way, great. It's, it's never a guarantee anyway, but meeting our solitude, I mean, really it can happen in a nanosecond. It can happen in an instant instant. It happens in the instant when you feel the loneliness and you've seen the mechanism of scrambling for the me. And perhaps there is an opportunity for or a willingness to not scramble, to see the scrambling and not give allegiance to the scrambling and to stay softly, quietly, openly, without an agenda, with the aloneness. Mm -hmm. It has no narrative in it. It's simply a, a, a sense, a texture. It's a texture. Yeah. It's a texture that has the texture of emptiness. It has a texture of vastness. It has a texture of non-existence. Yeah. And in that non-existence, it feels as if you are going to disappear. And if you disappear, you no longer exist. And if you no longer exist, that's a kind of death. And, and in that moment, that. there's a terror. Yeah. That's when you hang out there. No agenda, no scrambling, no expectation of where it will lead, either to your total demise or to your total transcendence. Just hang out there. It's an invitation to the deepest surrender. Mm. And that can happen in an instant. All it requires is the end of scrambling. Mm. Just remain so, here. This is a, this is a, an exquisite invitation to the ultimate intimacy. Yes, it is an ultimate intimacy with what seems to be aloneness, with what seems to be emptiness, yeah. what seems to be no thingness, which means yeah. no meanness. And if you hang out long enough and the surrender is deep enough, yeah, it's like a deep relaxation into emptiness. I almost guarantee you, and I can't totally guarantee <laughs> because it's a singular experience, but I almost guarantee you that if the surrender is total, you will be reborn into oneness. Because oneness is simply beingness. It's not a you that's connected to other things or other people or other individuations. No, the end of connection. There's no need no, anymore for connection. You are reborn as life itself, as beingness itself. And beingness is only one. Everything is born of beingness. And everything occurs and appears within beingness. That's where the fullness is the same as the, uh, the, the emptiness. Emptiness and fullness are realized as one and the same. This is called self-realization. 
<laughs> true enlightenment. So, so there's a whole journey then, but yeah, so, in that moment. So you, 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 you in, a, in, a, in essence, stop being the one who breathes and you, you become the one who is breathed. Yes, you could say that. Absolutely. Well, because it shifts the yes. entire perspective. That's right. Of the I-ness, the meanness. Yes. It's sort of you cannot you cannot accept that you're being breathed without recognizing that you are consciousness. That's right. You are being lived. You're not the one doing the the, the living, if you like. You're being lived. Yeah. Wow. And this completely changes. It's it's a it's a it's a rebirth, a resurrection. And Really, from that place, there's no more need for connection. Of course, on a human everyday level, you may want to meet a friend or, you know, whatever it might be. But that comes naturally, spontaneously, and without the underlying motivation of or agenda of feeling connected, of needing mm. anything. There's a simple enjoyment in it. And if it comes, it comes. And if it doesn't come, it doesn't come. Or there's another purpose to it or something like that. But it, it kind of takes away um, all belief in lack of wholeness, lack of completeness. It's complete at that point. Whether you live alone or not live alone, it's still the same. So if you're, if you, if, if, if this is a, you know, let's just say the, the deepest intimate realization that 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 we that you're being breathed let's say that the individuation is arising out of consciousness within consciousness not out of but within no, within consciousness <laughs> got to yes, be careful right. Oops, here we go again <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> okay within consciousness is this uh because that's deep Deeply, deeply, deeply intimate uh, to me. It's 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 like it's like down on the ocean floor. It's it's it's, a, it's, well, it's that an intimacy. It's an intimacy it, that transcends connection. <laughs> is it an abiding state? I don't like to use that word. Is it an abiding? realization is it yeah and 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 is it okay or is it entirely natural for that movement of touching it and then the self forms again because we're living in a world that is extremely distracting and extremely tenacious as we've already said and it demands a self we give (laughs) we give it and we we give it ourselves don't we we give ourselves to it well two things it it can be uh, a, a a realization and a knowing that is deeply touched and then may fade away and the self reforms itself with all its uh, structures of me identities, perhaps not as strongly as before. Yeah, yeah it yeah, starts yeah. to become a little more permeable, and then yeah. perhaps there's another touching of it, and then yeah, another reformation of self. Yeah, this is the spiritual journey, if you like. Yes, that's not possible. As a, not as a mem. So I've got to dig in here. Not as a not as a memory, because that's also the this the it starts the carrot and the stick actually as a as a as a as a fresh experience yes as a fresh experience yeah. yeah so that's possible but it can also be an abidingness that abidingness then allows the experience of self the experience of individuation within that awareness within that abidingness within that oneness to then also be, uh, how shall I say, expressed or known. Yeah, it's, it, we don't just dissolve into the oneness and then there's no more individuation. The individuation continues. Of course, there's still a body here and <laughs> whatever, a, a, an, an emoda or whoever it is. Yeah. But if the 
energetic, direct realization that is an abidingness, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that everything is taking place within the one, within consciousness, and it's all, I am not, life isn't doing anything to me, life isn't happening to me, but everything is being experienced as this life in the awareness that I am, in the space that I am, in the beingness that I am, then whatever individuation is here is sort of almost played out within that. Yeah. So it's not that you come out of it and go back into it. It's abiding. But the the leela, the play of the individuation is happening within it. It's just like the waves in the ocean. That's where the wave still continues. (laughs) It's not, I mean, there can be a realization of oceanness and then some kind of uh, re identification with waveness. And as we said, that that back and forth can just start to gradually uh, undo the identification with waviness. But that may take some time. And that's an individual journey. We don't know how or to whom that will happen in that way. But there can also be a deep realization of oceanness. And that remains while still the waves take place. But there is no re identification with the wave. Yes, the, the re identification. Yeah, the, what do we call it? Grabbing the re. Scrambling for the me. Scrabbling for the wave. Yeah, it's like the ocean scrambling for the wave after it's realized it's the ocean. Yes. Why would it do that? Exactly. But still the wave takes place. It's just like the the doership is undone. I'm not the wave doing my wavy experience. There's just waving happening within the ocean. And that waving happening in the ocean is called this seeming individuation. It seems that the the re- relocation from the from the wave, from the I'm the wave and I'm lonely or I'm I'm angry or I'm desolate and I look out and see all these other waves and the shift in in location to the ocean allows wave waving to still happen. But it's not just as simple as describing it in that fashion because actually there's a there's a there's a there's a is it a visceral change of relationship and peacefulness? If you, is is a peacefulness? Is that a, um, uh, equanimity, uh, a, a grace? A uh, you know has a quality, right? Yes. It's not just oh, I've realised I'm a I'm, you know, on the ocean, la da da. And now no, no, no. What we're speaking about, as as always, and we always say this, it's not an intellectual understanding. Um, so uh, uh, it, it's always an energetic shift. It's, it is a relocation. It's a it's a shift in perception, but not. It's not an intellectual perspe- perception. It's not an intellectual standpoint or viewpoint. It can be. Yeah. And I have met individuals who have had a profound shift, but it, yes, it yes, doesn't yes. go all the way. Yeah. Mm. And that's not a judgment. It's just something that's noticed for it to be truly embodied for the separation to come to a full end. It's almost a visceral thing. I don't know how that happens. I don't know the miracle, if you like, or the, or the process or the, or the, 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 you know, what is it that makes it go all the way? I, I, I only know it from my experience and, you know, I know it, in, in certain other people's experiences, individuals um, that, that I know. Um, but it does have a ramification. It's like everything changes and nothing changes, or should I say nothing changes and everything changes. The waves still keep waving, you know, life still keeps on lifing, but something fundamentally changes. Uh, it's not that the sea becomes perfectly calm, Mm-hmm. Uh, not no. at all. The sea is still the sea. The nature of the sea is the sea. The nature of waves is waves. They're changing, ever changing, sometimes turbulent, sometimes calm. But something fundamentally changes. And that's a very almost indescribable experience, uh, not experience, an indescribable uh, sh- 
shift, an internal shift. It's a complete revolution, an inner revolution of consciousness. And it does have ramifications. It has ramifications in that the victim self is not driving the ship. (laughs) It's not driving the identity. Identity has come undone. Undone. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, there is a subtle identity still with the body, even though I know I'm not the body. I am having a bodily experience. Mm. Yeah, I am not the body. I am consciousness itself. And again, that's not an intellectual understanding. But I am having a bodily experience, and I will do what it takes to take care of that bodily experience to the best of my ability to, according to some kind of intelligence, so that it's... Uh, I don't know, just taken care of as you would take care of a child or a but that, that that's also a, that's also a, a, a choice that a mode of the uh, individuation is is making. It's not necessarily absolutely yes, absolutely yeah. yes. It is a choice that this individuation makes because she she enjoys that choice. She she yeah, that's her wisdom or the wisdom that comes through in this life form that that wants to yeah, and maybe at some point it won't. You know. We're all going to age and die, and maybe at some point there'll be a, you know, there's nothing more to take care of, and maybe that'll be, who knows how that will be. And then there are those who who don't give much attention to that, and uh, and that's okay too. It's it's however it moves in you. So. <laughs> I think we've unpacked it. I think we've come to silence. <laughs> well, I'm just following the the the, the train. I don't think we need to unpack your individual experience. I, I don't think so. I think we've sort of unpacked it in that. Yeah. Um, there isn't much more to say. I mean, I'll only say this, you know, some people might say, well, it's okay for you. You're in a loving relationship with Gabby. (laughs) There is something I was going to say as well. Yes. Yeah. Go on. on. So, um, and uh, yes, I am in a loving relationship with Gabby. Um, But, but, you know, I'll I'll only say to that two things. One is that I have been on the journey, if you like, of solitude for much of my life, even though I was in relationship, but there was a period of not being in relationship as well. So I do know that's how I came to this uh, in deep aloneness um, and not being a social person or or having much interaction with people. I, I know that solitude. I know that aloneness. So it's through that, that this loving relationship has appeared and it has unpicked appeared, I must say, and as you know, Kavi, uh, without any, uh, <laughs> without any intention or bidding on my part <laughs> yeah. in the sense that there was no need for a relationship. And we've spoken about that. Maybe we can speak about it an- another time. And so things appear, people appear, loved ones appear, but they appear as the one they don't appear something external to me that needs to fulfill me. And again, that has a whole different intimacy relationship uh, and so on. So, uh, yeah, that's all I will say. <laughs> I think it, it, it might be in- interesting in the future sometime to do one on that aspect of it in, in, in relationship, yeah, unpacking that a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. Yes, I think it will. I, so for, for myself, I would say that, <clears throat> I mean, this 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 relationship with you has in many ways defined the trajectory of my life. And I'm very grateful to you and it uh, for that. But one of the remarkable things, because I used to be, a person who actually got lost in those who had dysfunctional relationships like most people. I got lost in them. You know, Pisces moon, I got lost. Mm-hmm. Lost in the whole mess, the whole bartering, the whole tentacle business of, of relationship. And then things started happening in the in the depth of our of our meeting. Yeah. That I realized that A, that was going to be impossible. B, it was a game that I was 
playing to try and make myself feel better about a, a, an existential hole that was hovering around me. And I don't know whether it happened on one day or it just happened as a process, process of osmosis. And I realized that you, Emoda, were a player in my experience. You weren't the experience that I was born. Somehow I appeared in this existence. I don't even know that I was born. How do I know that I was born? It's a tale told to me by my mother and father, <laughs> but actually I appeared as consciousness and I was lost for many, many years. And I, something started shifting through, through the grace of, of, of life. But at some point you will go or I will go or peyote will go. Maybe we'll go together, but maybe not. Yeah. And I will be left or I'll have to depart. And that's me. This is the freshness of my experience. It may seem like we've been together for 20 years and we have. But I'm alone. I feel alone. Mm. I feel alone with you in a good way. That's right. So it feels a beautiful beautiful relationship yeah. in that respect and of course there are tendencies of course over 20 years we've gotten used to each other's habits and ways and all those kind of stuff but still there's a, an alone me and an alone you and here we are dancing our way to alonenesses <laughs> dancing our way through existence we might go together we might go separately one of us heart will break or both of our hearts will break but still it doesn't stop the perennial truth that's what you're de dealing yes. in, right? The truth <clears throat> of the matter. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and there was a there was a a kind of relaxation within me of trying to get more than was on offer in mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, an acceptance. It's this. It's beautiful, or it's terrible. It's beautiful, <laughs> but still, I'm alone. <laughs> so, thank you. That's right. Thank you. Are we finished? I think so. Okay. Thank you very much for enjoying, I mean, enduring, I mean, uh, <laughs> tolerating our, our, our meanderings. We hope they've, they've, they've kind of entertained you or, or interested you or, you know, pushed a little bit or invited a little bit or courted you a little bit. Um, Subscribe, listen, share, whatever happens. Um, Amoda, thank you so much for, for your wisdom. Uh, what do we say? I, I think we say something at the end of all our meetings. See you in the kitchen. <laughs> see you in the kitchen. Um, we'll see you again, friends, um, for another podcast very soon. Be well, take care. Many blessings. Goodbye, Amoda. Bye-bye.